0: You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at
1: sportsinnovationx.com. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young.
2: On this 8th day of April, the year 2023, we welcome you back to 757 Saturday Sports Talk powered by Larry King Law here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. As we have started the 2023 Major League Baseball season, you hear it all through the World Series here with us on 94.1 and our friends at ESPN Radio, and we're now joined by one of the very best in the business. He was named the recipient of the BBWAA Career Excellence Award for 2022, got inducted in the Baseball Hall of Fame last summer. We say hello to our friend from ESPN, Tim Kirkson, with us. Tim, thank you so much for coming on the program, and it's that best time of year. We've got Masters weekend underway, the playoffs getting ready for the NBA and NHL and the NFL draft around the corner, but most importantly, baseball is back. How you been?
3: Uh, I've been great. I'm sitting here watching the Masters in the rain. Um, I'm going to be watching a ton of games this afternoon. I did the Yankees against the Orioles yesterday and tomorrow I'm doing baseball tonight with all the games. So this is what we call a good weekend in sports.
2: It is, and I'm sure Ed's about to jump in here, Tim, but uh, you said you're watching the Masters in the rain. I hope you mean you're not in the rain. You're watching the Masters being played in the rain, right? Correct. I
3: I should (laughs) have clarified that. It's raining in Augusta. So maybe the greatest players on earth are going to have a little bit of a struggle today.
2: Yeah, and I, real quickly, we haven't had you on, I think, since last year or last summer. Uh, that whole Hall of Fame experience, it had to be thrilling for you, your entire family, and I imagine you got teared up a couple of times.
3: Yeah, there were a million stories that I could tell you. I'll just tell you a quick one. The day after I won the award, Johnny Bench <laughs> called me at home at 8. <laughs> and said, congratulations, Tim. Welcome to the club. You're one of us now. Now, let's be clear, fellas. I'm not one of them. I'm not a their club. I'm a writer. They're the players. But, and then John of all times says, Tim, uh, you know, it's moments like this that take you back to Little League. And I was just about ready to cry again. And he said, and let's face it, you could still fit into a Little
2: League uniform. <laughs> How cool is that, That's- Ed? How cool that, is that? That is
3: great. Johnny Bench calls you and makes you laugh like that. Oh, my. God.
2: Hey, and how cool is that? The greatest catcher of all time, Johnny Bench calling up Kirchin with that. That's a pretty neat story.
4: Yeah, that that is great. Uh, Jim, welcome aboard. We thank you for coming on again. We know millions of people trying to get your time. Uh, we're not going to mention comments like that that you could still play because we don't know you quite that well. We know you as a Hall of Famer and absolutely one of the best in um, how you come across and announcing so. We're just appreciative of that, and that would be cool. I'd been If Johnny Bench would have called me, I would have been like, yeah, sure, and, I, and I'm uh, I'm Mickey Cochran, goodbye, or I'm Yogi Bear, goodbye. <laughs> but um, but that's a good one, Tim, uh, well-deserved. But, you know, I'm going to get into it quick because I know your time is limited. I'm uh, actually on my way to Baltimore to watch my Yankees play. Um, I, I, give me a quick rundown. Are the Yankees um, – Ready to get into the World Series? I honestly believe Toronto wins the division, but the Yankees get in. Your expertise, Tim, on the Yankees.
3: Yeah, the Yankees are in a great division, and they're going to make the playoffs out of the East. I'm just not sure if they're going to win the division, because you're right. Blue Jays are really good. The Rays have won their first seven games all by four or more runs. No team since 1900 has won its first seven all by four or more runs. Um, the Red Sox are better. The Orioles are very talented. It is a tremendous division, the best division in baseball. But I think when the Yankees get everybody healthy, and that's mostly their starting rotation, the Yankees have a team that's good enough to not only get to the World Series, but potentially win the World Series. But a few things have to happen, and that has to start with the health of that starting rotation. But a lot of other pieces are in place for this to be a very good team.
4: Well, and I, and I think of that, too. Is, you know, they, they signed Rondon and they got some other little pieces. And all of a sudden, here comes the doggone injuries again, especially with the staff. Severino so went down again. And if you, as you well know, you don't have pitching. It doesn't matter how many home runs you hit. You're in trouble because everybody wants – nobody's going to give up pitching. People don't hand the Yankees anybody. It's just the way it is. So Soto's young arms are going to have to come through. Um, And and they do have some decent young arms. But, you know, when you get into Penn Race later in the summer, not sure the young arms are the ones that are going to get you through. Obviously, um, attention goes to Volpe, the young shortstop. And I noticed the Yankees in the last couple years putting a lot of emphasis on their farm system guys. Two years ago, everybody thought, including me, maybe they go out and get Carlos Correa, that they needed a shortstop. They said to everybody, no, we, we have it in our home and we're going to take care of it. Um, your your response to the Yankees, you know, Volpe individually and them going to their farm system a lot lately.
3: Yeah, I love what they did with Volpe. He's 21 years old. He's played 22 games at AAA. And they told him the first day of spring training, you can make this club if you have a great spring. And he had a great spring. It is so refreshing to see a team, any team, take the best young kid in the system potentially and say, if you earn it, we're going to let you play every day at shortstop. And that has happened. Now, there have been some struggles, but I'm telling you, he is a dynamic offensive player. He's got some serious power. He's got some great speed. He's an above-average defensive shortstop. And he can play second base if you need him to. First live batting practice of spring training. This is when the hitters are totally overmatched. He had a home run over the batter's eye against Carlos Rodon on the first pitch he saw. And on the second pitch he saw, he had a home run over the left field fence. That's when everyone opened their eyes and went, whoa, this kid is trying to break the door down, which he has. Again, he needs some time to figure out what it's like to hit the big league. It's going to take some time. But I think they did the right thing, and I think they'll stay with him the rest of the
4: year. All right, Ed? No, my, that, like I said, that was the thing I wanted to know. Get get your perspective on the Yankees. Can Volpe hold that position and not hit that rookie uh, uh, iron wall later on in, in the season when you know weather gets a little hotter? Got to avoid injuries. They do have some other younger guys there. Um, it looks like Aaron Hicks. They don't know what to do with Aaron Hicks, especially when Aaron, uh, Harrison Batter comes back. Uh, and, I, and I think the Yankees will make a deal as most of the contenders will later on in the season around uh, the trade deadline at August 1st. Uh, You think, and and this will be my last one, let uh, Matt step in there. You think, uh, Timmy, uh, Aaron Hicks may be done with the Yankees at some point this year?
3: Uh, Not yet. I know they have looked for a left-handed hitter to play left field every day, and they haven't found that guy yet. But they're the Yankees. They have enough prospects and enough money to do whatever they want to do if they want to do it. Hicks is still there. Cabrera is still there. They have possibilities in left field, but I think by the time the season ends, they will have an everyday left fielder that they can go with Bader in center and, and Judge and right and Stanton as the DH most of the time. That's what I think they need offensively. They haven't found him yet, but
4: I think they will.
2: Let's stay in the American League East and a team that you covered for many years there back in the uh, 1980s, Tim, when you were working for the Baltimore Sun, and that is the parent club of the Norfolk Tides, who we have air all their games right here on 94.1, the Baltimore Orioles. We know about the homegrown talent, how many great players they have that are young and exciting. We saw it last year during the run with Mountcastle and Rushman and so on and so forth. Do the O's have enough pitching, be it rotation or even in the bullpen, which can get dicey to be a player come Playoff time and actually squeeze in this year in the wild card situation. What's your take on the O's long term and in the short term?
3: Yeah, I really like them long term. They have a tremendously talented team with Gunnar Henderson and Cedric Mullins, and of course Adley Rushman and Grayson Rodriguez, who just came up. I mean, there is so much to like about the Orioles. I don't think they'll be a playoff team this year. Of course, I didn't think they would win 83 games last year either, but they've got a very difficult division, and I'm just not sure that all of those pitchers, seven, eight of them, that stepped forward last year, kind of came out of nowhere and were really good, are going to be that good again this year. Plus, the Orioles had virtually no significant injuries last year, which is amazing. So I think they're going to win – 83 games again, I think they're going to be a team to contend with for years and years. I think they're going to be great again someday. I just don't think they're a playoff team this year because of that youth. It takes a long time to learn how to play this game and because of the division in which they're in.
2: Before I kick get back to Ed here, Tim, uh, the fastest to 30 career home runs with the Seattle Mariners by games. Julio Rodriguez does it yesterday in 140 games in their comeback winner of the Cleveland Guardians. A-Rod, it took him 162. Can Julio be the face of this sport within a few years? How good is he in your eyes? He is
3: so good. He came up last year at 21 and obviously impressed everyone with his amazing power and his speed and his defense in center field. But it was more... The poise that he showed was amazing. The guys on that team will tell you he just doesn't act like a 21-year-old kid. He should have been in awe of the whole situation, and he wasn't. His preparation is ridiculous. Or or hanging out with the guys at their locker, and he'll say, i got to go now. And he'll go do something to help him prep for the game that day or the game tomorrow or whatever it is. So he has a chance to be a great Great player moving forward because that was a tremendous rookie year under a lot of pressure, and he handled it beautifully.
2: We're talking with the one and only, a CMO on Center Baseball tonight also contributes for ESPN.com and so much more. And ESPN Radio, Tim Kirkson with us here on 757 Saturday As so We're talking baseball with Timmy here on 94.1 Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. And I'm going to kick it back to Ed because I know he wants to talk about rule changes. Ed's not a guy that loves the shift. I'm a guy that hates the ghost runner and in extra innings, Tim. But go ahead, Ed.
4: Hey, Tim. I, now, we talked briefly last summer about the proposed changes. Now they're in play understand games have gone quicker there's a groundswell of people jumping into baseball now saying hey the games are quicker uh we got some great young players the game is is good uh everybody's watching baseball i hate the shift to me as a coach a head basketball coach in in high school i like strategy the shift is strategy the players are on the field so they're not in the stands catching balls or near the dugout so if you don't like the third baseman behind second base, then bunt the doggone ball down third base, hit it to the opposite field, slap hit, that kind of stuff. I hate the shift, banning the shift. I can deal with the other rules, but you're the one closest to it. You've talked to so many people. What's the perspective on all the rule changes? Yeah, well, first off, I'm
3: totally against the ghost runner and always will be. But I think that's maybe here to stay, and that disappoints me. I think the pitch clock has worked uh, pretty darn well so far. But, Ed, as far as the shift goes, I was with you until about three years ago. And then Mark Teixeira, who I sat next to for three years on baseball tonight, 409 career homers, convinced me that, making a change in the shift is worth a try. Now, we'll see if it works. His point is that the industry has not taught our players to hit the ball to the opposite field. It sounds ridiculous, but I think many of them are incapable of doing that because the industry has told them for their entire professional careers, if not before then, We don't want you to hit a a ground ball through the left side. We don't want you to hit a line drive single to left. We want you to get the ball up in the air to the pull side and hit a home run to right field. To ask these hitters now to make such an enormous adjustment in the middle of the season, facing the pitching that they've seen, I just think is too hard. So I'm all in favor of trying the shift and seeing if it works. If it doesn't, then we should get rid of it. But for now, and it hasn't particularly worked well so far. There's no data that says, look, the shift, the banning of the shift actually works. So let's give it a little more time, see how it goes. I'm just telling you, the Joey Gallows of the world have not been
4: trained to do anything
3: other than what they do, get the ball up in the air to the pull side.
4: Tim, you're right, because as a a former baseball coach a long, long time ago, you taught kids to bunt. You taught kids to slap hit. And if you hit a home run, that was nice, but you didn't teach them to hit home runs because too many whiffs. Now it's like if you're a Stanton, a Gallo, so forth, you can strike out. You can hit 221 as long as you hit close to 30 homers. It's okay, which is hard to accept. But then again, if people are going to pay those ticket prices and they want to see that and they can live with strikeouts, I guess we do it. And, and, and I can see what you're saying. I still hate the shift. But I'll I'll move on. Um, I know our time is limited. Tim, what about um, uh, maybe a player or two to kind of watch, maybe coming back from injury, an unheralded rookie, and also final from me. Okay, what team or two maybe come, you know, September, injury-free maybe, could be a surprise come playoff time? All
3: right, well, as far as the young player to keep your eye on, everyone knows him out west.
4: But Corbin Carroll
3: of the Diamondbacks has – some serious juice in his bat and some serious speed. And he's gonna be, at least for me, the leading candidate to be the rookie of the year in the national league. He has tremendous ability and they signed him long term. As for teams that might, you know, go from a non contender last year to a contender this year, it's a little early, but I think we need to keep our eyes on those two teams in the AL West. First the Angels The Angels won 73 games last year and finished 33 games out of first place. However, if Shohei Otani has the the two years that he had the last, another year like the last two, and Mike Trout plays 145 games, and Anthony Rendon plays 145 games, unlikely at the moment, by the way, with their underrated starting pitching, I think they have a chance to hang around a long time and maybe as an outside contender – to make the playoffs as the and also in that division are the Rangers they really upgraded their pitching especially in the rotation in the offseason they have a Hall of Fame manager in Bruce Bochy I like where they're going also I'm not sure either's going to make the playoffs but they're both going to be demonstrably better than they were last year
2: last couple minutes here with the ESPN baseball insider Tim Kirkton here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim, uh, Ed, I asked you about the surprises. And I think to some, it's a little bit that the Atlanta Braves have been just so dominant to this point early in the season. And it's very, very early. But there's a lot of injuries for the Mets, who a lot of people are fans of here because they once upon a time were the parent club of the Norfolk Tides before that AAA affiliation change. And then the Phillies who made the World Series last year, great run for them. They've had some injuries, also some inconsistencies with their pitching. Is it conceivable, probable, possible that the Braves could have the biggest division lead and win the NL East by a larger margin than any team that wins a division by season's end? Is that possible in your eyes?
3: Um, Well, certainly anything is possible, and I really like the Braves. I just think the Phillies are going to get healthy once Bryce Harper comes back, maybe even in mid-June. They've played poorly so far. That's not going to continue. And the Mets, even without Edwin Diaz and without Justin Verlander to start the year, I think the Mets are really good. So I think the Braves are the best team in the division, and I think it goes right down to the end like it did last year. But I think it goes down potentially with three teams, not just the Braves and the Mets. I think the Phillies are in there too. I think all three of them are making the playoffs. But the Braves have really done things well the last few years. And they're going to be a good team for a long time.
2: There's a lot of exciting young players in the sport. I mentioned uh, Rodriguez earlier for the Mariners. We know how good that AL East is with that battle where you got the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the unbeaten Rays, the Orioles, and even the Red Sox. And, Tim, one of the storylines that I'm focusing on is can San Diego take that next step in the National League? Last year, they took down the Dodgers in the playoff series, took down the Mets before that, and then fell ultimately in NLCS to Philadelphia. And they have so many lethal bats. They'll get Fernando Tatis Jr. back to go with Juan Soto and Xander Bogarts and Manny Machado and that crew. But I'm wondering, Do they have enough pitching? Is that going to be one of the storylines you follow? Does San Diego have enough pitching to make a real run here? And if not that storyline, what's the storyline or storylines you'll be most centered on here in the next month or two before the uh, All-Star break?
3: Yeah, I think the Padres are the most compelling story out there given how much money they spent, the moves that they've made in the last year, and the return of Fernando Tatis Jr. So you can't take your eyes off of the Padres Over the next two months to see where this all goes, because if he comes back this time, of course, as a right fielder, how is he going to play? Is he going to stay straight, which I'm sure he will? He's going to say and do all the right things as he should, given what he's coming back from. That one through five, if not one through six in the order is devastating and I think their pitching is plenty good to win that even win that division and that's a division that the Dodgers have just owned for the last decade so I really like what I saw with the Padres this spring they have been a little uneven you know Juan Soto's hitting 138 this morning that's not going to continue but they've got some work to do but I like their pitching and I'm going to love their lineup once Ted Teese Jr. comes back
2: He's one of the very best when it comes to covering the sport of baseball. He's enshrined there in Cooperstown. You hear him all the time, call games with Carl Ravich and Eduardo Perez. You read him on ESPN.com. You hear him be on SportsCenter and, get laugh and laugh all the time with Scott Van Pelt, also with Tony Kornheiser talking about avocados. He is the one and only Tim Kirkton. Always a pleasure, Tim. We thank you so much for your time, and we look forward to connecting again here before the season is done. Okay, fellas. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, Tim. That is the one and only Hall of Famer Tim Kirchin with us here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. Tell you what, Ed, it is just a joy to have uh, two of the greats like Kirkchin and Rathbun on to talk baseball and basketball on a Saturday morning in April as he's watching the Masters in the rain. But he's not out there in the rain. He's watching the Masters be played in the rain as he cleared up. So there you have it.
4: Yeah, I mean, be out there, you got to be careful. The trees don't be falling on them. But you're right. Bob, I listened to your interview with Bob. He's tremendous. It, to me, when I listened to that, I thought I was listening to a long-time – Top five, um, a radio guy, TV guy, NBA analyst of anybody. That's how good Bob is now, and he's. But his whole career, he's been that good. We were just blessed to have him in this area for a while. And and in my mind, Tim Kerchin is the best. I mean, he's so down to earth. He's a funny dude without trying to be funny. He, he people can use him to, for jokes. as Johnny Bench said, <laughs> "Yeah, you're you're still got the right size to play little league baseball." And Tim laughed about it. You know. Some of those guys at that, that, those kind of egos could be getting in the way, but he doesn't. And I, you know, we're just very gracious that those guys like that give us some time because a lot of people want their time and, and, and they've given it to us. So that that's some good stuff.
2: And the last thing before we go to break here, Tim genuinely loves the sport of baseball. He's not a guy that's up there just because he's getting paid multi-million dollars that just speaks about the sport. And there are some of those people out there covering whatever sport might be. It could be baseball, hockey, football, basketball, tennis, golf, you name it. But Tim genuinely loves and cares about the game. He's been doing that long, and it's uh, pretty cool to see him. And we love the story. What was it years ago when you had him on? I think it was about, was it, 10, 15 years ago? Maybe longer than that. You and Richie Somerville had him on, and uh, it was Harry Rest called it his old. Was it fourth-grade teacher? That was one of the classic stories of all time. Mr. Rest. I remember you from fourth grade. That was an all-timer. Absolutely. And, and,
1: right, and
4: he didn't need to do that, and no. those guys – they got too many things on their mind. They're not going to bring that up because there's no need to. But yeah. that's how down to earth he is. That was great. And and I appreciate that because, I, like I said, I think his knowledge of the game, people open up to him. He gets some good inside tips um he's good hey hey how about uh, the other carol do yes
1: Diamondback? i he love it that was a great i didn't even
2: have to pay him to give me that answer i was sitting there jumping Let's up and say, down of course aj was sitting there when he, when he said playoffs aj got into a little sad face nope i don't see him making the playoffs well, this year I'm, I'm gonna
4: tell you right now i'm going i'm not gonna make fun of the d-backs this year they got a great chance to win the triple a world series oh so gonna,
2: look at you stop it that's awful what
4: do you want? Wait, wait a minute what do you want me to say they're going into the
2: playoffs I didn't say that, but Corbin Carroll is worth putting on the TV, even if you're just a casual. There are a lot of young – we talked about this with the women's basketball, uh, with obviously Morris and Carson for LSU – there are a lot of players that haven't been highlighted. And it was pretty cool that he picked Corbin Carroll out of, a, out of a hat of, you could say, about 40, 50 players he could choose from. We know about Tatis. We know about certainly uh, in our backyard, the Mount Castles, the Rushmans from the Orioles that, you know, they've come up with the Tides. We know about uh, Rodriguez becoming a big time star with Seattle. People know about the household names like your Otanis and your Trouts and so on and so forth, just Sotos of the world. But it was pretty cool he picked Carroll. That was neat. I like that. So we'll you know, come.
4: And a lot of people. You know, when they, re- when they signed into a big contract, a lot of people said, what in the hell, who's this guy Are giving this... I'm not going to lie.
2: Rocks? I'm not going to lie. I was one of them. I thought they overpaid for him. But listen, there's a lot of pro athletes that get overpaid, including one we'll talk about coming up after we return. We'll have a little brief rant from me, and then we'll do buy or sell with the coach Ed Young, Matt Hatfield here, AJ Rister as well. It is 757
1: Saturday Sports Talk on 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young.
2: Pack here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk with the Coach Ed Young. Matt Hatfield here, A.J. Risser along for the ride as well. Before we get to our buy or sell we talked about it briefly with uh, Bob Rathbun earlier in the show. The Dallas debacle last night: as the Mavericks had a lead much of the night and then gave up. I think 14 unanswered in their 115 to 112 home loss to the Chicago Bulls. A defeat that knocked them out of playoff contention, as they announced yesterday morning that Kyrie Irving, who they traded away, Dorian Finney-Smith, he out of Norcom High in Portsmouth, as well as Spencer Dinwiddie, for to get. Shooting guard Tim Hardaway Jr. along with Kyrie Irving, Hardaway with left ankle soreness, small forward Josh Green, power forward center Maxi Kleber with a right hamstring injury recovery, and Christian Wood, who was resting. This is a guy that gets paid $174,000 a game to rest, by the way, as his team's trying to make the playoffs, all essentially out for precautionary reasons. Are you kidding me? What a joke and disgrace that was. The Mavericks, because they were entered the day tied for the Bulls for the 10th best lottery odds. And... They owe the Knicks a top-10 protected pick as the final payment for the Kristaps Porzingis trade, Ed. Jason Kidd was quoted as saying, we were fighting for our lives and understanding this is a situation we're in, but the organization has has made the decision to change. So... You know we have to go by that, and that's something that happens. So the guys that are playing, we got to go out there and put our best foot forward, and we talked about that this afternoon. And the guys that are playing are going to go out and try to play to win. you got to be pros. You can't cheat the game. Are you kidding me? Can't cheat the game? It's not so much waving the white flag, kids said after the game. It's decisions sometimes are hard in this business. We're trying to build a championship team. With this decision, this is maybe a step back. Maybe, but hopefully it leads to going forward, end quote, and the guy that you pin the blame on, you can point the finger at kid or Kyrie or Luka, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban paid a $600,000 fine in 2018 for publicly admitting the Mavs were tanking. And he said Wednesday night that, of course, I understand the thought process from fans that are protecting the lottery position is Dallas's smartest strategy down the stretch. The guys don't want to do that, Cuban said. Players aren't going to do that. Players don't do that. Are you kidding me? They did that. They play Luka one quarter in a game where you're still alive for the playoffs. You win this game and you go win on Sunday in your regular season finale and the Thunder are the loser to lose to the Grizzlies, which I know is unlikely, but could happen because the Grizz have wrapped up the number 2 seed now. Mavs host the Spurs tomorrow night. I mean, we got guys not playing with a chance to go to the playoffs. This is a disservice to the league, the fans, their partners. I mean, what a joke. And Mark Cuban, you are a phony. You are a total money hawking phony there you go that's all i gotta say well
4: your rant is well taken i thought you would um fuss and, and of course you can't cuss on the air i thought i'd hear you throw some things in the background i'm not going to get into it because i've already done it before Where right? i did throw stuff in and fussed i'm not used to this type of situation where we sit load management whatever kind of funny word you want to put with it guys used to play with sick hurt um face masks, neck braces, all that. It's a different NBA. The NBA is run by the players. They're not going to do it. It's kind of cool to do that, to have load management. I've seen the new collective bargaining they're putting in there about to win awards, you have to play in at least 65 games. I mean, to put a rule in like that, are you kidding me? That's what we've come to. Jason Kidd gave management – somebody in management gave Jason Kidd that statement because if Jason Kidd is the real Jason Kidd back in the days of player – he would have said, you know, bunk this, I'm out of here, I'm going to go to an org- a real organization that wants to win games. But he can't say it because he needs his job. It's ridiculous. I understand putting players, resting players who've already made it, they're kind of hurt. Okay, I, I kind of get that. I know in high school, a lot of people say, well, Coach, you're a high school coach, how do you do it? We don't tank games. <laughs> We're trying to win every game we can. Now, when I get kids that have some injuries – or they're sick a little bit, or they, they, we've been playing a lot of minutes, I'll cut down their practice time. I won't have them do a lot of stuff in practice. They're there, though. They must be in there. Um, and I'll cut their practice time down to save them game minutes so I can get them into game minutes. I'll do that much. But this load management crap is ridiculous. And here, here's the biggest thing. You pay big money to go see NBA games. Yes. Okay, So you're going to go see a game, and then you hear the day of the game or when you already bought the ticket. Minutes By before the way, game.
2: Now, price it's price happening price. 25, 30 minutes before the game now. you got guys getting scratched 30 minutes before a game.
4: Yeah, th- and, and now those people should be reimbursed, their money. That's how I look at it. So here's, here's what they need to put in a collective bargaining bargain thing. If you're going to load management players, they must sit their home games, period, if, if we're going to do it. You cannot sit them on the road. I don't care if they're sick, whatever, whatever. But this was
2: a home game last night, which was still a disgrace.
4: Right, those other fans have a right to see that. Yeah. And as far as Dallas themselves, they screwed up when they when they brought Kyrie Irving. No the question. Floor.
0: That's what. That's and where I was. Every
4: uh, team he's been on has been has been trainwreck. Yeah, him and Luca are not going to survive together. They're almost the same style of player. I don't know what Cuban. I used to think he was the best owner in the NBA. Everybody loved him. I don't know what the heck they were thinking. Kyrie Irwin will not be with Dallas next This
2: is the same guy, today. Mark Cuban, that came to the Dorian Finney-Smith Gala last summer, kissing babies, hugging people, and it was great for charity, all that stuff. And then he gets rid of Dodo, Dorian Finney-Smith's nickname, by the way, well, if I you're mean, wondering why we I say think, Dodo. That's
4: because I think the Nets said, if we're making this deal, we want Finney-Smith. No, no, no. Totally
2: I can tell you what happened, because I got it from an insider. That What happened was, Ed, the Cuban listened to some guy that's close to Kyrie and someone that's close to the organization and made the deal. He should have done made the deal. And by the way, it's a bringing AJ here. Kyrie Irving, over an 82-game season schedule, he gets paid $474,598 a game. We would be kissing people and hugging them and, th- and uh, anything to get that per show, let alone this guy. That's over 82 games. He never plays 82 games. He never does because he's, he's not in on the team. He's all about himself. And I'm going to tell you this, too. Luca. you could tell his game diminished. He's put on some bad weight because he drinks too much. That's just obvious. I'm going to put it out there. He does. drinks too much. Second thing is... Luca realized there was a guy that's as talented, if not more talented than him on the team, and Kyrie. They never meshed. It was a disgrace. But you got Christian Wood, 174K a game, Kyrie over 470 grand a game, and they don't even play in their team's biggest game of the year. That's why some people don't respect the NBA. Unfortunately, with that situation last night, it was well, terrible.
0: And, and you know, coach was was really hitting it on the head. I don't think this has anything to do with injuries. I think this is. Masking the issue of Kyrie and Luca playing together. And it's not if I'm not mistaken, before they traded for Kyrie, I believe Dallas was fifth. Fifth. They were correct. They, they were, were fifth. Tie for fifth yes. I think uh if I'm not mistaken, Luca has made the playoffs every year except for his rookie year being at Dallas. But
2: like we talked about with Rathbun, a lot of these decisions are made by management and front office. And this was Mark Cuban. He should be ashamed of himself. So that mean, we can point a lot of blame at Kyrie and Luca and even Jay Kidd, who I think was helpless in a lot of this. That's a, that's a joke, Mark Cuban. I, I know he does Shark Tank. He's beloved all those billions of dollars. This is all about money and top 10 pick. Mark Cuban, ashamed. Of, you should be ashamed of yourself. That was disgraceful. Anyway, let's move on to buy or sell because I could go on for hours about that. And we got got uh, five questions that are NBA and MLB related for this Saturday morning. AJ? All right. Yes. Yeah, so let's get started, shall we, gentlemen? Yeah. I already got started, but go ahead. Stay, <laughs> staying in the NBA.
0: The Sacramento Kings are the only team in the NBA's Western Conference. With a winning record on the road at 25-15 and as they head into Sunday's regular season finale at Denver. Locked in at number 3 seed, the the Kings will host the Warriors, uh, the Clippers, or Lakers in a best-of-seven first-round series. Are you buying that the Kings will have a losing playoff road record?
2: So they're the only West team with a winning road record, Ed, but will they have a losing... And this could be over more than one series as far as the playoffs go. If they were to advance past the Warriors, Clippers, or Lakers... Buy or sell, the Kings will have a losing playoff road record after having the best Western road record regular season. What do you think?
4: Um, Yes.
2: So you're buying. I'm going, to buy. I'm going to buy as well, AJ, because even if they are fortunate enough to beat Golden State, L.A., Clippers or Lakers, I could see them in the next round getting beat pretty quickly, 4, 5, or 6, be it whoever comes out of that 2-7 matchup might be Memphis, I think it was a great regular season, but sort of like Rathbun touched on, I don't think that they're built defensively and the experience to get through uh, a best four to seven, not just once but twice, if they were to get through the first round. So I am going to say I am going to sell, I am going to uh, buy this and say they don't do it.
0: You know, I, I look at I have to play the percentages here. Uh, I think that the Warriors are the team that they don't want to face. No, I, I think I think the Clippers and Lakers are where they're going to be. Take Better percentages. Chances. 66 against 33. I am going to sell this. Ooh. I think that they, if they can get the Clippers or Lakers, they
2: will have a winning road record. Wow. He's bold and daring. red velvet there coming right at you. That, that's a plus 380 on uh on one of those uh sites there. What's next on the uh buy or sell?
0: Next up at 51 and 30 overall, the Cleveland Cavaliers have secured the number four seed. Uh, for the NBA's Eastern Conference playoffs and will host the number 5 seed New York Knicks in a best-of-seven first-round series. The Cavs have a perfect 7-0 record in games that have gone to overtime this season. Are you buying or selling that the Cavs will suffer a loss in overtime in the upcoming playoffs?
2: Ooh, 7-0 in overtime, which is a remarkable stat. They'll lose an overtime game in the playoffs. I'm going to buy this because I'm not sure they lose an overtime to the Knicks, be it at MSG or at home. Is it Quicken Loans, I think, is where they play? Arena? I think they could lose an overtime game in the next round, dare I say, to Milwaukee. So I'm going to buy this and say unblemished overtime regular season, but they suffer an OT loss, a heartbreaker to maybe Giannis and the Bucks. Fear to dear, I will buy this. Ed?
4: Um, I don't – I'm going to have to say sell it because, A, there will not be an overtime game with the Knicks. B, they will sweep the Knicks.
2: Oh, um, wait, a minute, you got Cleveland sleeping and Knicks in the first round?
4: Yeah, at the very least they'll lose one game as a up play. But I don't see I don't see any of those games going overtime. But I kinda of agree with you down the road if they're in a, in a overtime game against the more experienced NBA team, like a Milwaukee or whatever, yeah, they will lose. All
2: but
1: right.
4: for the series,
2: I would just them but I'm you're gonna bad. sell it, so you were, you were all over the place with that, and and you sound a little muffled. I don't know if you got. You, to you sound the like you're firm. in the trees again. Yeah, I, he's back in the woods. There, he's in the wood. The, the wooded woods. The woods in Baltimore. Baltimore. As Ed's getting ready for the big O's Yanks game today, as he tries to get a Yanks bounce back after yesterday's disappointing, disheartening loss to AJ's Baltimore crew. All right, break the tie then, AJ, because I'm going by Ed selling it. Will the Cavs have an OT playoff loss after a seven and OT regular season docket?
0: Look, this Knicks team, I I really got introduced to a couple years. ago ago in that series against Atlanta and it really became one of the rivalries in the NBA was that that uh, Atlanta Hawks team versus the Knicks and I think that
2: Reggie Miller right yes and and
0: I I think that the Knicks showed that they are one of the tougher teams in the NBA and I, I think I don't know if they win this series, obviously, but I think that they are not going to be pushed over. Uh, So I am actually going to buy that if the Cavs get to OT, they're going to lose at least one of these because I think the Knicks are just going to try and push them around.
2: Could happen in game three or four at home. Jalen Brunson could have some heroics, a 42-point effort. I know they don't have possibly Julius Randle, which is a big deal, but that could be interesting there. As we move from the NBA to women's college hoops, what's next?
0: Moving on with the addition of five-star Paris Clark from Arizona, the University of Virginia women's basketball team will boast four McDonald's All-Americans for wow. next season. The UVA women's team, which went 15-15 and 15 last year, will win more games next season than final four participant Virginia Tech. Are you Ooh. buying or selling? By the way, Virginia Tech finished at 31 and 5.
2: Great year for Kenny Brooks's team who has some pieces back, some pieces to replace, but for Mickey D's All-Americans for UVA women who coach Moxon a great job there early on. And that's a bold statement. Will UVA have more wins than Virginia Tech and women's hoops next year? Buy or sell?
4: Well, on paper, I'm good. Yeah, buy, but y'all do you know these doggone transfers, do they mix? Does the chemistry mix? That's going to be the problem. But I'll say on paper, yeah, they're going to have, they'll have more wins next year than what Virginia Tech had this year.
2: All right, Ed's buying it. I'm going to sell here, but hedge, AJ. I say that they will not have more wins than Virginia Tech, but will go further in the big dance. So I'm selling it, but I'm covering my tail in case I get it wrong. Where are you going? Hey, well, well, I pulled well, an Ed, Ed there.
4: Thought, hold it. I thought we either said they have more wins, than Virginia Tech or
2: not. Right, so, and you're buying that UVA not will have more no
0: they're, they're saying for next year, not Virginia Tech's record this year.
2: In other oh, words, okay, I'm saying that to... Tech will have a better record, but I'm saying that UVA will go further in the big dance. Doesn't mean you have to have a better record to go further in the big dance, as we found out with a couple teams this year, in the men's tournament as well as the women's tournament.
4: I mean, Virginia Tech had a heck of a year, and they I don't did. see them dropping next year. I think I think Virginia wins more next year than what they have this year. So does that mean I still...
2: Okay. Are you changing your pick after buying it? Oh, my gosh. You are destroying this game. Who has more wins next year, UVA or Vodtech women? Vodtech women. Vodtech. So you're selling it. You're not buying it. Okay, I'm selling All right. So he's with me. He's selling it. Hey, Jay, do you make this a I'm sweet? I'm also or... selling. Okay. You make it a sweep. We are against them. Some... I, I need to have
4: this stuff recorded right because you guys screw me out of all my wins and I'm going to hire an attorney to make sure I get all this. That's
0: stuff right a that. weird way of saying you cheat a lot.
2: Yeah, I know. I'll tell you what, he's going to, we screw. By the way, we're, we're going to give you an update because I know last week we told the audience how you were kicking my butt in the NBA overrunners before we hang up with you in a couple minutes, which will be in a couple minutes, by the way, because we have to get off the air. Number one, number two, we got one more segment after a break. Uh, I will give the folks an update on that. But go ahead with our next one, AJ, as I pull that up here. Per
0: Stats LLC, the Rays are the first major league team to win each of their first six games Of a season by four plus runs since the 1884 St. Louis Maroons. I remember them. No other clubs. I think coach was on that team. No other clubs in MLB history have began a season with a streak of more than four such wins yet vegas lists the new york yankees as the current favorite to Boo. win the al east that's a weird way of saying baltimore Boo. are you buying that the rays will win their fifth division title in franchise history 2008 2010 2020 and 2021 can
2: they make Sell. it So listen they have great starting pitching with McClanahan leading the way there in that rotation uh, they have some bats. Certainly, we see Franco, Brandon Lau from Nance River. They're good, very good. But they're playing a weak schedule right now. Sell, sell, sell. It'll either be the Jays, regrettably Ed's yanks to get healthy. Never know. AJ's always could make a run. I don't think they win the division, though. I'm not buying the Rays. I took them as an under, by the way, so I can't get off that, that ship this early <laughs> last week. I took them as an under in our over-unders. I'm selling it. Tampa does not win the AL East. How about you, Ed?
4: Yeah, there's no way. oh
2: they win the the division. No, Uh-oh. he just right. went Barkley guarantee, which means it's going to happen now. AJ, are you buying or selling the uh, race? I mean, as,
0: as someone that watches that division, obviously, I, I there's no way they win it. I mean, this okay. is the classic race stuff that we see every single year, where they start out really hot, and then okay. when it comes down to winning those big games, in the end, they can't do it. And until someone proves me otherwise. I have to think that New York is the leader for this division, unfortunately.
2: We could be eating a lot of crow when it's all said and done. All right, what's our last one before I bring up the NBA? And bring up the standings, too, by the way, because I want to make sure I get this out there. Go ahead. What we
0: Staying got? in baseball, Washington National shortstop C.J. Abrams, who was acquired from San Diego last August in the eight-player deal that shipped Juan Soto from the Nats to the Padres, is tied for the big league, big— league lead in two categories triples and errors really will he lead the sport by season's end in one of the two stat categories
2: well the Nats are so bad they might be unwatchable by uh, July August September uh, Abrams leading the sport in triples and errors Ed will he lead him in one of those categories by season's end are you buying that or selling it for CJ Abrams of the Nats who's doing great in one thing but doing awful in another
4: yeah that's kind of hard you know what I'm gonna. Oh, boy, I want to say my first thing is think. I going to say buy for triples. Okay. I, I want to say buy for triples, but I'm all of a sudden in my mind, I'm trying to think of how many really good young, quick, fast uh, players that, that are coming in there. But of course,
2: he's one of them too. Uh, I, I'll buy it. There you go. You got the money. You got big bucks. I'm gonna sell AJ because I'm playing the percentages. You're gonna give me a field go, of a yeah. thousand players. It makes sense because he could do it, but I'm playing the percentages and selling it.
0: Yeah, if you watched Ryan McKenna try to catch a foul ball in Boston uh, a couple days ago, then you would uh, you would sell the errors. So I am uh, I'm going to sell on both of those. I also think, I mean, I compare to my own team. You look at guys like Jorge Mateo and Cedric Mullins, they are very capable of leading the league in triples. They might very well lead the league in stolen bases this year as well. I'm selling.
2: All right, as before we go to break here, uh, NBA over-unders before the season. I had the Pacers under 23-and-a-half, which was a loser, correct? Uh, Denver over 49-and-a-half, which was a winner, and Miami under 48-and-a-half, which was also a winner because of 43 43-and-38, so 2-and-1 for me. Ed had Brooklyn under 50 and a half. He didn't know Kyrie would get dealt or Kevin Durant, but that's a winner for him. He lost on Toronto over 45 and a half. They're 40 and 41. And tell me, where does he stand on my dad's San Antonio Spurs? He had over 22 and a half for San Antonio. Where are they right now in the NBA standings? Where are they at, like 21 and 59? So Ed needs to go 2 and 0 with the Spurs to avoid dropping the 1 and 2 and losing to me in the NBA over-unders, and I go to... Uh, two and one, regardless, here. At the best, he can tie me, not beat me. What do we put on this? Ed, Ed owes me a million dollars if he loses? Is that what we had? I forgot. Do you have the tape? What was it he had? Uh, chicken sandwiches. I mean, for, we could make a steak dinner again. That's right. It owes me a steak And then what, we had, Ed, what was our preseason on this? You remember?
4: I think it was a steak dinner.
2: Okay. Which he'll never okay. pay up.
4: That's true. Yeah. But I still got two more wins. Now, unfortunately, now, then I hear you say they're going to play Dallas. So Dallas, I think, is going to play managers that game. So I have a chance for that. I think Jason Kidd's playing in that game.
2: Ooh.
1: He's been
4: retired. So I think I'll have a shot at that. Who, I wonder who this person played in their they, other
2: game. They play a Minnesota tonight, so that's going to do it. we got to take a break. And enjoy your trip with the O's and the Yanks, and we'll do it again next week. All right, my man. We'll see you, All everybody. Right. Enjoy Easter. One more quick break, and we'll come back and put a ribbon on this one here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. It's 94.1.
1: Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here is Matt Hatfield.
2: In our final 60 seconds of the show or thereabouts, it is 757 Saturday Sports Talk. We appreciate you tuning in. And uh, if you missed any of the program, which included Buy or Sell, the last segment of the show, Tim Kirchin, ESPN baseball analyst and Cooperstown Hall of Famer, Bob Rathbun, the Virginia Sports Hall of Famer, Emmy Award-winning broadcaster of the NBA's Atlanta Hawks, and so much more will be available on the podcast page on ESPNRadio941.com. We'll also tweet it out on our 757 Sports Talk Twitter feed, Matt Hatfield here, AJ Rister of the side of the glass, and I think we have a poll question that we had up there on 757 Sports Talk which AJ was, who's more likely to repeat as national champs, the UConn men or the LSU women? You feel like it's probably the LSU women, or maybe, maybe not, never know.
0: I think it's LSU because I've seen comments from Angel Reese that said she is in no rush to get to mm-hmm. the WNBA because uh, and this is her quoting it, which I, I feel like I believe it very easily, is that she'll be making more money in college than some of the stars are going to be yeah. making in the W. That's
2: why Armando Bacot is back at uh, Carolina. By the way, speaking of Carolina, Caleb Love is headed to Michigan. We all wait with beta breath to see where Hunter Dickinson goes. I he's going open, to Maryland. hope you know, he's going to the Terps. He's so going to Maryland. We shall see as the transfer portal never ends in college sports and the uh, NCAA tournament in the books UConn men win it LSU women win it. You can go vote, 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 interact with us. Next week, we'll have the PIT to talk about, Portsmouth Invitational Tournament. There's a local flavor for you. I'll be doing the ODU spring game as far as the uh, on the field, the uh, public address announcing, but I'll be here in studio before that. And a lot of things happen in the wide world of sports, college, pro, high school. Keep it tuned to your local sports connection. It is 757 Saturday Sports Talk, powered each and every week by Larry King-Law. For Coach Ed Young and AJ Ristler, this is Matt Hatfield. We'll do it again next week right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1.